everybody welcome back to the upside swings draft podcast the podcast with the highest ceiling i'm your host bryce hendricks joined as always by the wonderful stone hansen and uh, a very special guest here to talk about the timberwolves uh logan alton um one of the best follows on all of twitter one of the best guys on all of twitter logan how you doing i'm doing well how are you guys good good just uh excited to get this going uh this is my last day of recording before vacation so so very excited for that. Stone, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty well, too. I'm um, I'm also looking forward to a little mini break within the draft cycle. Um, but I do want to hear what Logan has to say before we, we go on that vacation. So it uh, should be fun. Absolutely. This is, this is a fun one to do um, and an interesting one because uh, the Timberwolves are sans picks this year. <laughs> Um, not, uh, not necessarily a lot of draft stuff to cover, but they are a very interesting team with a lot of interesting players. Um, so like, I'm going to throw it to you first, um, for this off season, what are some holes that the Timberwolves need to address, whether it be in the short term or the long term to really start to turn this team around from their sort of trudge, trudging along type, uh, path that they've been on so far, what can really jumpstart this team either within this next year or within the next three years um that can really start to change the face of the franchise a little bit yeah um aside from internal development like at taking a step forward as a defender um the timberwolves are in a fun spot because their four best players can all slide up or slide down a position as you see fit so realistically the one thing that they would need is a starting caliber three and d guy at literally any position um, whether that's point guard and you slide D'Angelo Russell up to shooting guard or center and you slide a cat down to power forward. And then that obviously takes a special kind of center, but, um, yeah. And then aside from that, it's just kind of consolidating and finding out what works and getting more non-one-dimensional players, because that's basically what the roster is right now. Guys that are either entirely useful on one side and net negative on the other or um, guys that aren't really good enough like Jake Lehman to break the rotation. Yeah, and that's something I think we saw a lot of is <laughs> they seem to have a lot more rotation guys than the necessary almost with, with how many guys they ran out there throughout the season. Um, they have, like you were saying, just a, a glut of of guys who are good at one thing and bad in a lot of other areas. Um, and I think, I mean, maybe uh, just growing through that and letting some of these younger guys develop through that um, might be the plan, or um, maybe there's a trade to be had that sort of uh, brings in um, some, some more help for towns and jump starts this timeline a little bit further along. Uh, is there any trade out there you think that makes sense for them to kind of, uh, do that, or do you think their best case scenario is sort of just stick with what they have and hope that can, they can progress a bit? Yeah, um, two trades come to mind. Uh, one of them, it was a rumor that appeared uh, today that the Wolves really badly want Ben Simmons, <laughs> and he obviously is perfect to be paired with Cat in the front court. Um, probably couldn't even like find a better pairing for one another, and then. 
another one is something more minor, and that'd be Jarrett Culver for like a Maxi Kleba type. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, I think, too. Um, I think maybe a new change of scenery for Culver might be the best bet for him. Uh, he, he sort of struggled to get off of the ground uh, early in his career. Maybe he can turn it around somewhere else and, and bring in some more value for the Timberwolves while they're at it. Exactly, yeah. And then with uh, Leandro Bomaro coming over, we the team doesn't have a pick, but they kind of do with yeah. Bomaro being a rookie and such. And um, he there's a lot of overlap with him and Culver. Um, so it makes sense to kind of just uh, find Culver new home and see if he can do better and change the scenery. Yeah, for sure. I think Ben Simmons is – This is that's the one guy I really want to hit on here just because – is, is there a better pairing on earth than him and Kat? I mean, every slight complaint I feel like you could have about um, Ben Simmons' fit with Joel Embiid is sort of alleviated by the extremes of Kat's strengths. Um, and Ben Simmons can really fill the holes um, left in Kat's games as a defender. Um, what, what do you think it would take to get Ben Simmons? And do you think it's worth that that? perceived package well uh, Wolves Twitter will tell you that it's just going to take uh, Ricky Rubio Malik Beasley and a first round pick um, that's ideal. <laughs> that's not it <laughs> um, I would say at least one or two picks Jaden McDaniels and like um, Malik and then you know fill their salary to another team and probably one of those picks for like a more useful player um because Philly obviously just doesn't want a bunch of random youngsters that uh, aren't going to help Joe, Joel Embiid's timeline. Yeah, um, I think that may, is there any is there any chance or if the, even if there is a chance, do you think it would be worth looking into including uh, D'Angelo Russell in any sort of package? Yeah, I see. I would do it. I would if they want D'Angelo Russell and are offering to. Uh, not demand Jaden McDaniels or not demand a pick or two. I'm happily taking that running. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, the Wolves probably aren't. Um, they're pretty high on him and have marketed him as a pillar to the team. And with him and Kat's relationship, I'm sure that that makes trading him just as hard. Yeah, probably. I, I think they obviously uh, paid a hefty price to bring him there and um, and part of that was the relationship he had with, with Towns, I think. So uh, splitting those two up is probably not as um, feasible as some may think. Um, but moving on here a little bit, uh, obviously <laughs> it's going to be a little bit of a shorter podcast because we, we don't have any picks to talk about. Um, but is there any scenario that makes sense for you to uh, move some little minor move to get it into the second round or – uh, is there an undrafted free agent that makes any sense to you? Or even if you have a few of them, like, is there any second round to undrafted guy that you think uh, could really thrive? Yeah, in so uh, Gerson Rosas, the GM from Minnesota, has shown that he likes to take upside swings. And uh, he <laughs> um, likes, he's really good at hitting with the second rounders and undrafted free agency. Um Jalen Noel has turned into a guy that could be a, a good uh, – Jordan McLaughlin's awesome. 
Um, and that's just the past two years they've hit a few uh, or hit on a few of them. And I wouldn't be surprised if again Jared Culver is a uh, traded to like a Oklahoma City Thunder or a Houston Rockets, one of those two teams that like have a bunch of picks in the draft and they get like an early second or late first for it. Um, and then as far as like people, I'd, I wouldn't hate like a Greg Brown flyer or like a, a JT Thor flyer. Like ideally it'd be a power forward that is going to be a strong defender, um, has potential and um, will ideally be a spacer as well. But checking all three of those boxes boxes in the second is tough yeah definitely and, and those three make a lot of sense um i think brown may fall into the second round uh, after his combine performance we'll see what happens with thor he seems to be rising as of late um and deservedly so uh i think another name i wanted to throw out there for you was maybe like and he's come up a lot actually in, in a lot of our podcasts i wasn't expecting this but eve ponds um he seems like a guy that could really benefit them obviously you know Minnesota has some struggles defensively and and I think um Ponds may be able to find some sort of immediate role there uh just at with the defense that he does bring um and even though they have Nas Reed sort of a backup center I think there's uh with Towns there and him being able to space the floor there's uh opportunities for Eve to share the floor with him he's the yoke guy that looks like he could eat all three of us right (laughs) <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. yes. I see, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't hate that. Yeah. Is there any guys that you like, Bryce? Um, well, I really like the Eve Pons one you brought up. Um, someone who I really like for them is Mario Nokic, um, just because I think he can really fill a role there as a complimentary wing who, who makes smart passes. Um and Isaiah Livers or Joe Wieskamp, like a shooter like that with some with some size. Obviously, those two are, are two different sizes, but uh, some size there. Um, and then also, like, a, I like, like, Kevin Obinar is a flyer for me or, like, a Dejan Giroux. Just, like, I think they need to try and take bets on anyone they think can, can play both sides of the ball. Because right now their team is entirely like one-way guys. I mean, I feel like, um, like I don't know if they have a single guy I would call a two-way player. Maybe Jaden McDaniel's, and Jaden McDaniel certainly will be that as time goes on. But just you know, taking some bets on someone who you think can can be a positive, it, even if it's marginal on offense and defense. Um, maybe that's a Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Uh, who, whoever that may be, I think that's who you who you'd primarily be looking for with a pick like that. Um, but yeah, those are the type of guys uh, I'd be looking for for sure. Yeah, um, I would agree there. Uh, but moving on here a little bit, is there a draft night scenario uh and likely it would have to be obviously via trade because they don't have any picks but is there like a draft night trade uh that you see that could be like kind of catastrophic for the wolves like like it's possible that could happen and is would just be sort of a nightmare scenario for you yeah uh, falling out of uh, the top three in the draft lottery (laughs) that's a good (laughs) answer (laughs) but joking aside um i think just 
not doing nothing um and that boils over into free agency as well if the wolves just sit on their hands and run it back with the team as is i think that'd be a lot worse than any possible like swing that they could make yeah for sure i think i I'm in agreement with you there because um, I, we have a pretty good grasp, I think, of what this team is and, and who the players are on it uh, for the most part. And I think uh, what what they do have is just not going to be competitive uh, in the long term. So you do need to shake some things up, I think, um, and hopefully make some sort of uh, at least semi-big move to, to help you progress in that area. Um yeah, so like we said, this was going to be a bit of a shorter podcast. Uh, is there any other questions you have for Logan, Brace? Uh, or is there anything you wanted to bring up, Logan? Um, no, that's that's about it. Actually, pointing out that uh, the team did end up losing their pick mostly because they uh, had about 10 games healthy with, their, with Russell and Cat at the end. And that's basically the only time those two got to play together. Um, so, you know, there is that volatility of like, you know, if they do stay together or just stay on their hands, maybe it's because, you know, they just don't know what they don't know. Uh, but I would prefer them not to, I'd prefer at least something. Yeah. And I guess one other thing we could bring up here is that the wolves do have their pick going into next year, right? Now that this pick conveyed. Um, so if they, if they're bad enough next year, I guess they can, they can, uh, in essence, keep go or uh, shoot for a higher pick next year in the lottery. So, and Minnesota's yeah. own uh, Holmgren is going to be in that draft. Exactly. So. so, I mean, it's a pretty strong draft at the top. I would say too next year. So, <laughs> as bad as this may sound to Minnesota fans, maybe sitting on your hands for one more year wouldn't be exactly the worst thing, uh, because it's pretty strong draft at the top. I think. Um, but I'm not sure that's what, what Minnesota fans are going to want to hear from me. Yeah, I, I doubt anyone would be happy with another losing season. <laughs> so before we – The play like, is included. Before we fully get out of here, um, and I'm sorry if I'm a little choppy to you guys. I hope it comes through okay. I'll, I'll edit this part out. Um, but – I wanted to ask you about maybe a little bit of a check-in on some of the young guys. Um, I will, I will admit to, to my, to my shame that I probably only watched about 14 or so like full Timberwolves games, uh, walked away, not super impressed with Jarrett Culver, Josh Kogi. Um, of course, love my boy, Jaden McDaniels, uh, Seattle love. That's my guy. Um, but like, with some of those young guys, who are some of who are some of them you think are legit pieces of the long term core, and who are some that that you think are already kind of showing that they that they're going to struggle to keep a spot in the league? Like, is it Jarrett Culver for the league long, or is he for the Timberwolves long? Um, you know, Jada McDaniel's uh, guys like that. Like, what are your what are your thoughts on sort of the young core below? Cat and and Ant and Dilo. Yeah. Um. So I'll, I'll go just starting uh, center on down. Nas Reed. He uh continues to like grow and like be impressive. I think that he's one of the best backup centers in the league at this point. And like 
he's only going to get better. He's, his athleticism has grown insanely since starting in the league, um, which doesn't happen crazy often. Um, and But, yeah, he's a player. He probably is going to be a, a long-term piece for the Wolves unless uh, they go and get another, like, a uh, center like a Miles Turner, which a lot of fans love. Um, but Nas Reed is definitely a guy that'll stay in the league for a minute and probably even start for a while. Um, and then Vanderbilt, um, he's another guy. I didn't expect him to get much playing time this season, honestly. I thought he would uh, come along probably three quarters of the way in the season if uh, Wancho and Lehman had been looking bad. You know, they'd break the glass and let uh, Vanderbilt have some burn and everyone got hurt. Everyone looked bad. Vanderbilt got to start like, or got a bunch of garbage time minutes and then eventually got more and more minutes and then got to start. And he was impressive. He was um, the only guy that had a motor, only guy that carried on defense and he was making plays. There'd be games where he'd come in and score 10 points in like um, his little stretch of time and just be, like, unstoppable as, like, a garbage guy and cleanup guy. Um, yeah. What's that? I was just going to say I'm a huge Vanderbilt fan. Uh, even back to when he was – his draft year might have been 2018 now. Um, but he – or 2019, one of those years. Either 18 uh, or 17, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he, he was someone I really liked just in terms of – he had a really funky skill set of being a playmaker and defender, and I think he's sort of been able, sort of been able to show that in Minnesota, uh, at least being a viable like NBA player, uh, not necessarily maybe a starter or anything. Uh, I think that's sort of worst case scenario for Minnesota, but even playing backup forward minutes, I think he's. Uh, worthy of soaking up some of those minutes and showed it this year. Yeah, if all else fails, I, I'd prefer him being the fifth starter on the team over, like, Malik Beasley. Um, and, like, I, if he he's a restricted free agent this year, and if he has to go, I think he's going to be one of those, like, uh, bargain Ben finds that whoever gets him is going to be stoked about. And, you know, midway through the season, Vanderbilt will come on and be – crushing it on defense for some lucky playoff team that has a, a like Nikola Vucevic type center or something like yeah. that. Um, and then, yeah, there's a uh, Jaden McDaniels, who's obviously awesome. Um, really good find. I honestly thought he was going to get sent down to the G league bubble and just not get any burn with Minnesota, but I was stoked that he worked out and has been so good. Yeah. He's been um, really impressive. Um, I, I think, he outplayed a lot of people's uh, pre-draft assumptions um, and showed to be a much stronger defender than I think a lot of us may have thought, myself included. Uh, I think, at least for me, I, I saw him being uh, sort of what I saw Vanderbilt being a, as a playmaking guy from the forward position and uh, with a bit of defense, but I don't think many people expected this level of defense. Uh, and he proved to be really uh, an impactful, impactful yeah, player. He's for arguably the team's best defender. And as we said earlier, their most complete two-way player. <laughs> yeah. um, and then uh, Josh Akogi, he, he's a guy that I've kind of been waiting for him to figure it out on offense. He still plays pretty recklessly. And he'll have a one night where he's just a total net negative and then another night where he 
locks down an MVP candidate and just, you know, doesn't let Luka Doncic score or anything like that. And it's just kind of a flip of the coin. But teams are leaving him alone on offense and just letting him cast up as many threes as they, he wants and ultimately playing him off the floor. He got better as the season went on, but I'd still – he's a tough guy to figure out. I think um, this offseason kind of showed what the value of just an all-defense player can be with Rondé Hall's Jefferson not getting signed at all until, like, midway through the season. Uh, Torrey Craig being shopped around for pe uh, peanuts and stuff. Like, Josh Okoge, I think if he doesn't figure it out, might be a guy that kind of just bounces around a little bit and goes men-to-men -men or, like, a $3 million-a-year deal – and just kind of tries to find a spot and gets all rotations pretty often. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I think he people had higher expectations for him early on, um, and I think uh, defensively at times he has lived up to those. Uh, but like you're saying, offensively, um, it's a little bit disappointing that he hasn't come along further than he than he has uh, offensively. Uh, but we'll see what happens with him in this offseason. Maybe he can, uh, like Culver, find a new home and, and kind of uh, uh, it can do wonders, hopefully, for his game. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Culver, I actually am a, a believer still. I, uh, I think there's two versions of Culver. It's a Jekyll and Hyde. One's a confident version of Culver. Um, we saw it for a couple games um, at the beginning of the season and then just kind of mixed in throughout the season um, here and there, but like he's composed, he can score at an adequate level. He's um, a really good defender where he's not going to be a, a, like your point of attack guy in the sense that you make it, it just completely shut someone down, but make it inconvenient and awkward for someone to score um, and like really slow them down. It, it looked really good. And then Joshua Kogi went down and Culver got signed, uh, the Bradley Beals of the world and just totally flunked it and then lost all of his confidence. And that ultimately affects his offense, which is his like biggest swing, uh, swing skill. And um, it's tough for him to like find a spot in the league or find minutes even on the team if that offense isn't going. And then, you know, it spirals down to where his offense is starting to affect his defense and so on and so forth. And, his thing is all confidence, though. Yeah, that's something I think uh, we're seeing with Ben Simmons, too, can be a, a fickle thing with, with players. Um, and if they're able to harness it, like, uh, and I, and that was sort of a thing, I think, too, back when, like, um, I watched a lot of the Bulls uh, a few years ago when, like, Nick, Nikola Miritich was on the Bulls, and there was nights when, you know, his, his confidence level um, – was just not there and he just nothing was going for him and there's other nights he was completely locked in and you know everything happened um it's sort of almost like Larry Markinen now too I think there's definitely multiple players in the league that sort of struggle with this uh the mental aspect of the game um but maybe going to a new home for Culver would um give him sort of the confidence that he needs to be able to thrive yeah forward. and I think he also probably was a Minnesota Wolf that was most affected by the G League not being a normal G League season. If he could have yeah. got sent down there to uh, rehab a little bit on his injury and rehabs in quotation marks, um, 
because it'd just be getting his confidence back up, giving him some G League run and packaging it as that. But uh, I think it would have done wonders for him or made everything worse. <laughs> but we're optimists. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's hard for for guys to really uh, get a whole lot worse through the G League. Um, but, yeah, um, that being said, is there is there anything else that uh, – you wanted to get to in the episode um and if not just feel free to go ahead and plug yourself to your heart's content uh, anything you're working on or doing um no that should be it there's one more Jalen Noel who I've already touched on he's awesome um he's we're gonna trade Malik Beasley so he can take his six-man role <laughs> um probably not though uh but yeah I uh I write for a wolf among wolves um I haven't put out anything lightly because I just am slacking. Um, I can relate. And yeah, that's about it. Sounds good. Well, we appreciate having you on. Um, it's been fun making the most of a pickless episode here. Uh, and I do uh, have hope for the Wolves that, you know, maybe they can turn things around with um, a, a big trade or two. Uh, hopefully Simmons and Cat, we see that pairing because that would be a ton of fun. Um, but we appreciate everybody uh, joining us today. Um, and yeah, if you want to uh, just plug us out, Bryce. <laughs> yeah, sorry. My my Wi-Fi has been a little iffy. I'm hoping to fix it real quickly. But um, yeah, this is this has been awesome. We want to thank Logan again. Um, he's at uh, L Alton NBA on Twitter. Uh, Stone is at report underscore underscore court, and I'm at Bryce Hendrick 14. Um, this this has been awesome. Uh, love talking wolves, despite their sort of interesting place to be. Logan is one of the best guys on all of Twitter. Seriously, a great follow and just one of the best dudes um, I've met through the app. Uh, this has been the Upside Swings Draft Podcast. Uh, give us a rate, review, follow, whatever podcast app of your choice or wherever you're at. Um, you know, we really hope we hit our ceiling here. Uh, thank you.